You're listening to The Droidcast, a dog and pup production starring Roger and Tristan. Each week, this father and son team brings you news, interviews, and information about Star Wars The Old Republic. Hello and welcome to The Droidcast. This is Roger coming to you on Thursday, the... 12th of January. We are several days early here, but that's because our guest is special and doesn't like to do any kind of actual work on the weekends and considers podcasting work. So same as usual, of course, I got Tristan with me, but we also have a special guest and that is Vince, who does the both the Fourth of Lore podcast as well as the Comic Book Informer podcast with myself. So Vince, how's it going, buddy? Doing great. Uh, glad to be here. All right, Tristan, ready to go? Uh, yep. Okay. Don't be so quiet. Yep. <laughs> All right, so Vince has been playing for longer than all of us, the bastard, because he got into the beta quite early and actually had months and months of gaming beforehand. Um, What was your main again in beta? I can't remember now. Uh, The one I played the most was the Bounty Hunter, but with them constantly wiping characters, it kind of became difficult to have a main. What was the highest level one that you had in beta? My Bounty Hunter actually made it uh, almost a 30. Right. So you never actually finished Act 1 then in beta. I came very close. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no kidding. That must have been frustrating if they would have wiped well, right before then. I didn't know it at the time, so it didn't really hurt that much. Right. Uh, and now, ever since the start, retail start, you've actually been playing uh, Sith Inquisitor, and just the Sith Inquisitor, with the exception of a few levels on a trooper you were saying. Yeah. Uh, Inquisitor, I think he's 29 right now. Right. And like, okay, first of all, what drew, what drew you to the class? I just found it pretty interesting the way they portrayed the character with how they, the Inquisitor is the one that accumulates the most power behind the scenes, you know, not really being out in the forefront, uh, at least compared to the Sith warrior, being more manipulative and just, just creepy. <laughs> I kind of liked that. And actually, Tristan's got a Sith Inquisitor as well. Tristan's, yours is up to what again? Level 12. Not as high as yours or Vince's, but... But you are liking it. You are still liking it quite a bit, though. It is an awesome class to play, especially with all the lightning effects you can use. And Tristan, you're playing yours again as an assassin, right? Yep. Yeah, because that's what Vince is doing as well. I'm I'm going the sorcerer route with uh, with DPS. Vince, how are you finding the uh, the tanking on that? I mean, you've been stuck with with Chem for the longest time. Now you're using your Adronicus, which, like I was telling you before, dude, it feels like cheating having Adronicus with you. Oh my <laughs> god! But how are you finding tanking with him? See, that's actually one of the other things that finally made me decide to go Inquisitor. Uh, actually, the first character I rolled in beta was a Consular, just because the first character I made, it had to have a lightsaber. But uh, because it's beta, there was a glitch, and I couldn't progress beyond level 16. But I had played him as the tank spec as well, so that really interested me. So that's what I decided to go with uh, on the Inquisitor as the darkness spec assassin. And as I'm getting there, like you know, bounty hunter, uh, trooper, warrior, knight, whatever— they, I feel they're a little more capable at tanking early on uh, just because they have more threat generation. They have more survivability. I'm finally starting to grow into that on my assassin. I, I can finally do things 
other than just DPS and hope, you know, nothing dies. Uh, and especially with Andronicos, it's really smoothing out now. I, I put him to his uh, AOE mode and just gather up whole groups and loot. Yeah, because you, I actually was with you when you got your Andronicos, and you were what level? You were 25 or 26? Somewhere around there. 27 even, I think, perhaps, yeah. See, I actually just worked on that uh, quest line yesterday, because I saw him. I didn't know it was coming that quickly. And then he was there, and it was like, ho, ho, ho. And Joe happened to be in, Joe from our podcast again for the lore, happened to be in Guild at the time. It was like, Joe, you stay on call, okay? Because guess what? I'm going to be <laughs> I'm gonna be screaming your name. You're going to come and help me so that I can finish this quest line. And so yeah. I actually got pretty far. I was surprised. I got pretty far on, on the quest line. But then I, I finally got to the point where I was fighting reds and oranges and red elites. <laughs> Although, you know what? I will say this. My, my Sith Inquisitor is uh, synth weaving. And I know that there's a lot of issues with the professions and whatnot. But I've gone out of my way to keep reverse engineering everything so that I've got pretty good gear um, although mainly for freaking chem because there's a shortage of light armor schematics but anyways i digress um so we were actually doing really good me and chem are freaking taking on like red elites like we'd take on two reds sometimes one of them was uh, an elite and then some a couple of oranges and there's enough crowd control with your whirlwind spell and whatnot that we'd survive it was pretty freaking and amazing yeah because we had actually done that quest uh you helped me out on your bounty hunter yeah. and it was at level uh not quite as low as you uh you know a couple levels above but i mean we smoked that thing with oh, uh, the exception yeah. of some difficulty in a sand people camp that yeah well we all know whose fault that was and uh what i found though and this is what i was telling you as well and i was talking to joe about it the um I got I got him at level 21 now. So now granted at this point I'm 24, but he comes with the armor that he would come with at say 25, the gear. <laughs> so he's freaking dangerous. We are ripping through Narshada like I pity those poor idiots in the, down there because they're trying to pick a fight and it's like I can just stand back and let him have fun and he just obliterates everything and it almost feels like cheating just because with Kem like granted Kem did a fantastic job tanking and because I'm more I'm, I'm tank DPS but I still have heals we rip through stuff fairly fast but with Adronicus DPS and then me oh my god it is unbelievable how fast we're questing out there. So, uh, of course, once he settles in and uh, is not quite as overpowered as he is now, it'll be a little different and I'll go back to Cam. But for the time being, <laughs> having the time of my life with this guy. So, and you, your little trooper that you played, you only brought him up to like level six, which hardly even counts really. Uh, he's 10 now. He's 10, okay. But you did enjoy the class, so you're having fun oh, with him. I I'm actually more interested uh, character-wise in the Trooper quest line than I am in the Inquisitor quest line. I I have nothing but love for it. I did the um, the Trooper quest line up to mid-teens before and loved it, loved it, loved it. Now he's uh, mine is level thirteen, so and I made sure to choose the advanced class that allows me to go DPS or healing because I I there's something about a freaking healer with a big, big blaster cannon that appeals to me. <laughs> I just wanted the big gun. Yeah. And Tristan actually has got a trooper as well. Tristan, what's yours Level again? 12. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, and you were just doing the quest that I was telling you about last week that we talked about for a quest line for the um, 
the, uh, the, the the cyborgs. Yeah, destroying the war droids. Yeah. So it, it's, it is a fantastic class. Okay, moving on from there now, let's talk about some of the news that we got this week. Of course, the, the big news that everybody has been talking about has been patch 1.1. Tristan and I talked about it last week, and there's a lot of stuff that we were really excited for. We we had not yet talked about the, the Flashpoint, but now that they've released a little bit more information, we can talk about it a little bit more, because that, to me, is one of the bigger draws in this even though we're not going to be able to do it for a little while. And Vince, at the rate that you rate you you level, it's going to take you a hell of a lot longer to do. Listen, to it's going this. to be fun next year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the other thing is we found out it's actually coming out on the 17th of January. Now, I don't know about you, but I I mean, there's a lot of things right now, and we're going to get into some of those, that that bother me. Some things that are bothering me about the way that the it's being handled. But... We've seen some pretty bad friggin' MMO (coughs) launches. We've seen some failures and we've seen companies do absolute stupidity. Now, uh, Bioware is not above that. I mean, the fact that it's taken this long to fix Kyra is kind of big. The fact that there's apparently there's some bounty hunter stuff that is broken as well that prevents you from freaking continuing in your class quest line. Uh, So there's different things. But... That being said, they are also doing a really good job, considering we're looking at a month here, how fast they are doing bug fixes, how fast they're already working on level 50 stuff. I mean, Vince, you remember, wow, when it came out, there was no endgame stuff in there, really. <laughs> Hell, it took you long enough to get I 60 back then as well. Yeah, I still remember Silithus and Winter Spring at launch. Yeah, really. That was a big thing. It <laughs> was an NPC in the middle of the desert. Yeah. <laughs> So, and people forget that. They forget that, you know what, these big MMOs, guess what? They had nothing when they started as well. This one already has the PvP system in, in place, albeit flawed as it is. They're, they're working on fixing it. Um, it's got the, the space combat. It's got flashpoints already. It's got stuff for you to do, the Ilium. Ilium. I keep wanting to say Ilium. Ilium. And so, and at the rate that they're adding content, when the majority of the player base that would have reached 50 by that time without rushing through their character reaches i get the feeling there's actually going to be a decent amount of stuff to do i actually have a tidbit on that we'll get to later and it's nice to have the new flashpoints even being put out this early yeah yeah and like you were checking out the flashpoint too and you were saying how how awesome it looks why don't you tell us a little bit you were reading about it tristan yeah it's the rise of the rackles which are the creatures that are on terrace that you fight. And in Kotar, you actually speak with someone who turns into one in front of you. That's, but, a, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. And this virus has spread, and you go in. I don't know very much about it yet or why, but you go in, and it's all dark, and you have this little droid that floats above you, and shines light and that's the only light you see it's cool looking well you know what this reminded me of immediately and i know it's not going to have that kind of feel of course but it reminded me because of the sci-fi setting it reminded me of of doom 3 Mm -hmm. that being stuck in the ship kind of thing and having to rely on your flashlight and here they were saying too how there's even parts where you're you're back to the wall and rat ghouls are coming from all sides after you. And I'm thinking, oh my God, that's freaking Doom 3. That's going to be, if they if they pull it off well, that's pretty freaking epic. 
Yeah, people are always talking about how uh, Old Republic isn't innovative enough, and just right there, that's a couple things I haven't seen in any other MMO. Yeah, no, that's that's very true. It's it's using atmosphere well, and we've been able to see some of that, albeit it's, it's kind of spread out in the Old Republic right now. So you're you're definitely not seeing it everywhere, but there are hints of it here and there. And here's where they they kind of looked to the developers and said, okay, see what you did that? I want a hell of a lot more of it over there. I want to really <laughs> feel this place. And so, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a blast. We're already, I was already talking to Joe. Like you, seriously, buddy, you got to level, okay? <laughs> because we're already talking about- I okay, spent an hour and a half on Tatooine collecting data crons, okay? <laughs> oh, <laughs> seriously, we were talking and saying, okay, because Joe has got his bounty hunter. He can go either DPS or heals. And I was saying, okay, well, I'm, I've got a couple of characters that I'll probably ding 50 at the same time as you boys. So I, I can DPS or heal. And then you've got your guy that you are, um, that you're tanking with. So that's, there you go. We're just going to need one other guy, whether it's, you know, Tristan or we got Ian in the guild as well. And we got the, the other guy, uh, Fran. So like... We're going to have a, a, a very good time in those four-player flashpoints. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I honestly, I cannot wait. Yeah, that, that's going to be really fun. Okay, so what else did you discover in uh, 1.1 that you wanted to talk about? Well, it's actually not 1.1, but uh, I, I read found an interview with James Olin where he's already talking about 1.2. I actually read that as well, but I'll let you take it. Yeah, uh, it's it's going to be out in March, which is pretty quick for a major content patch. And it's actually going to have part two of Rise of the Rack Ghouls, so we're not done there yet. Uh, a new planet with uh, another operation and a whole new war zone. And the big one for us, finally, we're getting the next stage of the legacy system. You know what? See, once again, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I want to know how long we can expect this release schedule to keep going on i and i know that that's something that they're going to say ah we can't really talk about it but i i would like to know because i am impressed with this this is supporting your game i mean we were literally just talking on the last episode of for the lore about star trek online and the fact that they have not released any content since like march of 2011 and here we have this game just released that's already got the release schedule planned for not just this major patch that just came out that's coming out as well as the one in March both of them containing a crap ton of stuff i mean i've i've been on the forums the the the, the um the Swartor forums and people are complaining left right and center granted that's what forum trolls do sure yeah but I'm, and and then you get the rational people saying how much more do you want? <laughs> this is supporting the game. I'm, oh, dude, so impressed. Well, on that front, uh, as part of that interview, he said right now the development team is working on the fifth major content update. So 1.5, as well as currently recording voice work for stuff we're not going to see until 2013. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've, I've, set up for for various MMOs over the great many years and some of them immediately regretted it regretted the purchase of the game regretted the monthly I hell I've regretted the free month sometimes just because <laughs> the time it meant that I wasted playing that game and I just I I'm so impressed with everything that is coming down the pipe for this right now granted I mean we haven't done this the the, the level 50 stuff yet so 
who knows? Maybe it will not be that big a deal once we get to it. I mean, let's be honest. Some of the Flashpoint stuff that's in the game right now is not huge. Okay, some of it, yeah, some of it is really quite cool, but some of it, there's not all that much to it. One of the cool ones, though, isn't you get to actually fight and defeat Darth Malgus, though? Yeah, yeah, that's level that 50. That would be a cool fight. I don't think we're going to get to do that because that's going to be a Republic one, I assume. We're probably going to do fighting Maybe. the... Uh, I would think we'll be Satelli? fighting Satil, Satil Shan. Yeah, I bet you that's the one. Oh, I Actually, I haven't read that, so honestly, I just don't know. I, I don't want to beat Satil. She's too cool. I do. Dude, am I freaking bounty hunter or inquisitor? Oh, my inquisitor. It'll be, oh, no, you didn't. And then slap her upside the head. <laughs> she threatens you. She threatens you to death in one of the things, actually. Yeah, she threatens you in the very first flashpoint that you do when you're on the uh, mm-hmm. on Black Talon. So I, uh, it's funny because I was talking to one of our guildies, um, Ian, because uh, I don't know if you knew this, but he's like dangerously close to digging 50. He's going to be the first one in our guild to oh. ding 50. So uh, major grats, Ian. I would suggest getting a job and maybe a life. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, He works with me. He has yeah. a job. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he doesn't work your hours. Either that or he knows how to level. But he actually just dinged 49 today. And it was funny because I was talking to him and I was saying, you know, were it not for the fact that I'd made all these freaking alts, my smuggler would be 50 by now. I'm quite certain would be. But I'm having so much fun on all the alts. And hell, today I was even talk- <laughs> talking with Joe because, again, I was talking about Andronicus and how you get him early and he's so overpowered. And I was thinking, you know, none of the class quests have a level requirement they're just mm-hmm. damn tough and impossible. And Bioware assumes that, you know, you're not going to do it if you die all the time. But in the case of, say, like, Joe, help me. I am wondering just how fast you could level a character if you have a level 50 walking you through everything and just killing when the killing needs to be done kind of thing. And you could finish your actual class story doing nothing but class quests and be like a level 20 or something with your, you know, level five companion, your last companion you get when you finish your quest line. It's all manner of awesome. I want to do it. (laughs) I've already talked to Joe and we're going to work on helping each other level our warriors so that we can do that. (laughs) Because I want to be walking around with the big furry dude, the, the one that looks like a big moth. I can't remember his name. Nah, yeah, cool. I want to walk around as a level twenty, you know, with that dude Where did and you his get that customization. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> I've never seen Vet look like that. Does she have a rash or something? <laughs> but, uh, but not just that. But then they have their gear that theoretically should still be way oh, too high, which would just make it a blast running through everything. It would just be so much fun. So it's something that we will be testing out. Okay, was there anything else in one point one you want to talk about? No, no. Tristan? Not really. Okay. Another bit of news that we got, quite disappointingly, and this is actually part of 1.1, because they did say that they were uh, implementing uh, the anti-aliasing, which we did talk about. However, something that people have been talking about quite a bit is that they want the friggin' high textures in the game. 
Now, the high textures are in the game because you get to see them when you are looking at your cinematics. However, as everybody has noticed, when you're actually running around and doing crap, you don't look nearly that good. And in fact, if you really zoom in, if you look at your character sometimes, you just look like crap on a cracker. It, it doesn't get any worse than that. And considering this is a, you know, quote unquote, AAA title from, you, you have to say 2012, it's fairly disappointing seeing what is going on. So the forum community has, and some of these guys, i got to say, I actually agree with some of these guys, has been quite adamant to the point of, I think they're either on their fourth or their fifth thread that Bioware has needed to, has had to close them down because they've reached their limit. And we finally got an answer from Stephen Reed, whom, by the way, we are actually setting up to have an interview with on this very podcast shortly. So I'm looking forward to that. But he did actually chime in on the forums and basically said, guess what? You ain't getting it. So basically, we are not getting high textures in this game. That's sort of disappointing to hear, but it would make it leggy for some. But the good computers that we have it would look insanely cool walking around with that high definition look to it well the thing to keep in mind too is that you can't use well it'll slow down your system as an excuse that's why you have settings that's why you have various settings so that you can have run the gamut of the lowest possible settings for older systems right up to state-of-the-art computers so that those people can enjoy it. I mean, the I'm, I'm going to flat out say it, the excuse that he uses is that it, it, there are too many calls that are made which slows down your system when you have high resolutions. And it, when you are in a an area where in there are, are a lot of people, say like an Imperial Fleet or whatever, it has to make all of those those uh, draw calls so that you get the information for each of the other people that are playing beside you. That said, and I know they're using different engines, but the fact remains, if the technology's out there, folks, okay? If WoW can do it, and WoW has a hell of a lot more people in their capital cities, if WoW can do it where they now have high-texture outfits, then this game should WoW is a seven-year-old game, over seven-year-old, and this was implemented at least one or two years ago. And there's no reason for a AAA new title to be doing this kind of thing. What do you think, Vince? Well, as they were talking about in the post, early in the development, well, not early, but in beta. before the game, yeah, in beta, the high textures were available in the game. So I actually got to see the game running with the high textures, and... Yes, I took a performance hit when I was in a high-populated area. It's to be expected. But it, it, I just, like you said, I don't understand why they can't at least put the option in there. Even, you know, put a big pop-up saying, warning, this can, you know, drastically affect your performance. Are you sure you want to do this? I mean, the coding is in the game for it. I don't see any reason not to just put a freaking checkbox in the options menu. Yeah, it's very disappointing. Now, the other thing that I, and see, this is one of the things where it is a, you know, wagging my finger at Bioware saying, you know, tsk, 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 in a fatherly tone. The fact that the game was sold on the high texture graphics, not just that, the game continues to be sold 
on the high texture graphics. Go ahead and watch that trailer for patch 1.1 and look at how pretty it is and how fantastic it looks. Don't think you're going to be playing that version. The version you're going to be playing on will be the low or medium, quote unquote, texture graphics. And even the medium ones look like crap. So it's very disappointing that they are selling, it's, it's false advertising, but just point blank, that's what it is, showing something off to look phenomenal, and that is not what it looks like. I've got to do some digging, because I found a way to turn on anti-aliasing a month ago. There's got to be a way to force those high-res textures on. I don't think you can, not for the high textures. The, the AA, yes, you could force it, and I was forcing it before as well. But then with 1.01, they changed it so that it wrote into that any file on the fly when you started it up, so you couldn't. And um, and so that was, that was written off. So it will look better once AA is in there for sure. But it's not, I mean, it's, it's going to be smoother not so jagged, but it's not actually going to look better in terms of the textures. It's not going to make a damn bit of difference for the textures. So I will find a way. Oh, good luck to you. You who cannot freaking code a web page. <laughs> I've seen your your website, brother. <laughs> and the here coding you is correct. <laughs> okay, so not very good at the artwork. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Some of the other news we got this week is we are finally going to be getting gray rewards. And what this is, is as it stands right now, they had said before that you would be able to get benefits from choosing your morality choices however you want and not just having to min-max. However, that has not been the case. There's dark vendors. There's light vendors. You have to be dark whatever to purchase certain things or light whatever. So what happens is that you are you feel forced to take either the light or the dark choice because you're working towards an outfit, a speeder, the 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 whatchamacallit crons or the relics, things like that. Well, we're finally going to get the gray vendor essentially, which is going to allow you to, you know play the game like you want, which is actually a big thing for you because, Vince, you play without any notification if you're choosing light or dark side. Yeah, at the pace I'm going at right now, I'd probably be only dark four once I get to level 50. Right. And Tristan, you were checking this out too. You actually had some suggestions were which were pretty good about this too in terms of how they're going to limit it so that not just everybody can still get gray and everything else. Yeah, because if you get gray you can just immediately have those really cool things that it takes a long time to get otherwise for like good or bad five yeah like how are they going to do this in terms of because you can't be gray five you can't be gray two how are they going <laughs> I'm more to do neutral it? than you yeah really i'm switzerland here <laughs> you know <laughs> like how are they going to do it and then you have are they going to put a system in place wherein there's going to be a can only purchase if you are gray, if you are, you know, light one or above or dark one or above, you can't purchase this so that you're putting a limitation so that there is an actual benefit to playing as a gray, well, you know, gray Jedi, gray whatever, as opposed to going one way or another. I, I really like that. If they actually limit it so that it's not just, you know, the people who are full on dark or full on light will get not just their stuff and the gray stuff, but you actually are limited to only if you follow this middle path, you will get these rewards. 
that would be nice for your Reynolds because you don't always take the bad choice, but you don't always take the good choice either. You are in the middle. Yeah, and I don't even have a light one or dark one. He's literally right down the line, and that's how I look at it as well. It would would be very cool if the limitations are put there so that it is that extra bonus cookie for those who choose that route versus just being something extra that anybody can get kind of thing. And Vince, you're just point blank evil, aren't you, though? No, I, I just choose what, you know, I feel is more appropriate to my character. Just Which on the Inquisitor, be... that happens. To <laughs> yeah, <be> really. <laughs> I, my, my trooper is actually pretty close to neutral, like slightly light. How do you find it, though, not actually knowing what you're choosing? And, and be I, honest, is it something that you feel is better for the game? Or do you wind up doing something and then kind of cursing a little bit saying, ah, I wish I would have chosen I, the other I, option? As we'll discuss later, there's been only one time I've regretted a decision. Well, Other than that, like e even if you know, I was like, "Oh, I wasn't." There was a quest um, on Korriban, uh, the you know, the, the creepy little dude the, that eats the the Sith. The right. light side option was to kill him. <laughs> so there's, there's been a few times I was surprised by my choices, but I'm still accepting it and going. Okay, so no no plans on changing that on any alts either. So, as, so far, my trooper has the same system, turning off all the prompts until I actually make the choice. I'd be curious to try it. If they're, again, if they can implement this gray zone properly, then I would try it on a character. Certainly not all of them. I, I like knowing that I'm going to get the, you know, creepiest kind of reaction from my Sith Inquisitor, because she's just a doll. I love her. I just, <laughs> when she shocks people, it makes me smile. So I, I like seeing those options. I always choose the lightning option when it's available. How can you not, is what I'm saying. Uh, okay, moving on from there, I actually found, and it's going to be linked in the show notes, if folks are interested right now, there is a, and I can't confirm the, the values that are in it, but there's an actual spreadsheet that somebody worked on to work on all of the profits for slicing so that you can see what kind of money you can expect to make on average from the various missions. It's very useful. It, it, it does show that there's next to no money being made, but at least you won't be wasting your money because there are some that you are wasting your money if you put it in. So it's very useful. You'll want to check the show notes for that. You Actually, what are the, your crew skills on your Inquisitor? Uh, synth weaving, uh, archaeology, underworld. Right. And how are you finding synth weaving? I'm actually cool with it because, especially as a tank, I like to have, you know, the best actual armor available. So it, it's really working out for me. Okay. I've got uh, synth weaving on mine as well, but because mine, I, I just have had a hell of a time finding light armor schematics for the level range that I was in. And that was really kind of ticking me off. And there, there was a point, I think, in the early 20s or so where you got nothing but heavy. I don't know what was happening there, but at least for me right now, it's a pretty good balance between light, medium, and heavy. Well, I never even touched medium, and now I'm going to have to with Andronicus, but before that, never even bothered. Well, not, not much to make for Andronicus because it's all going to be strength gear, but uh, our next companion is uh, medium with strength, so that'll be handy. Well, the thing, too, is with Kem, oh, dude. Cam's had freaking awesome armor the whole game <laughs> because again, I keep reverse engineering everything. And so Cam has got blue crap. He's got better gear than I do. And then my bounty hunter is an arms tech. 
So because I was finding it so hard to find um, vibro swords anywhere, and you really don't get a lot for, from quests either, I said, you know, screw it. I found out that the arms tech can get them. So my arms tech, I, 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 I started working on the greens, and then I learned the blues, and now he can make a couple of, of epic ones, which were Ooh. right in the perfect level for... Well, a few levels back, it was level 21. So my freaking chem was ripping crap up. And he was doing, for a tank, he was doing great. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, the only other bit of news here. Well, actually, we got a couple here. Uh, the Well, actually, just news-wise, we did find out a lot of people now, there's been this, this mem thing going on where people have been making custom loading screens. I actually sent you one, Vince, which terrorized you quite a bit. <laughs> people have been making... My Pretty Pony loading screens, <laughs> all kinds of crap. And there was a comment that was left by the uh, um, associate online community manager, Joveth Gonzalez, I love that name, saying, we've noticed that many of you have been going into your Star Wars game files and overwriting the default loading screen. While this has resulted in some very impressive custom <laughs> loading screens, we need to remind you all that changing game files will corrupt your installation and force you to repair with a subs with a subsequent patch. So basically, you know, means that uh, if you keep doing this, you might be screwing yourself over. Granted, all you really have to do is create a backup of the original, put yours in for the time being, right before the patch, change that, change it over, and then you're golden. In theory. I like that compared to so many other games that have, you know, had similar issues in the past, they didn't say, don't do it. Yeah, really. They, they just said, yeah, be aware that it could cause issues. Yeah. Well, what are they going to do, really? <laughs> it's changing a graphic. There's, well, <laughs> I actually remember back uh, when I was still playing Final Fantasy XI, a lot of people went in and swapped around a lot of the game files to create their own skins and everything, and Square freaked out about that. <laughs> Okay, the other thing I wanted to talk about, now, we did talk about this uh, somewhat on The Last Four of the Lore, but because not everybody listens to that, I'm going to talk just briefly about it here. And Vince, you had checked out the, uh, well, you didn't buy it, but you were looking into the, the app for the, um, the crew skills that you could use on an Android device. And then I was saying how Basically, it's it's a VNC application for folks who aren't aware what that is. It allows you to remote control a, a, a desktop, a workstation, a laptop, whatever, from another device. In this case here, it's for, for an Android device, but there are other ones that you can use as well. And I have some on my iPad that I use. So I decided to kind of test that out just to see what kind of results you can expect. So I was using iTeleport, and then I was going into my laptop and what I'd done is I took the settings on my laptop for the game and I dropped them insanely low and so I dropped all of the graphic quality I made it windowed very small windowed and then connected through now for po folks who again aren't tech savvy if you are doing this you can actually set up your home router and it's really not that difficult you can set up your home right i'm not suggesting go in and poke around <laughs> look for instructions online but you can set up your home router so that you can then connect from elsewhere into your system and then you are able to basically do your crew skills i've tested it from inside the house just because i'm not going to go outside the house to test this um but I use my iPad, say, from other rooms, and so I was connecting from the, the, the sofa, and I had it so that I could basically 
do all the crew skills. Granted, it was there was a hiccup. It was slow. It's not the best way to do it by any stretch of the imagination. But again, if you're doing it from outside of your home and you just want to be able to work on crew skills while you're supposed to be working, um, it's it works and it actually works very well. And until Bioware opens up the API or puts out an app themselves to allow people to do it, then this is going to be the only solution the folks are going to have if they want to do that. And the, the fact that crew skills are set up in such a way that you can log off and they're still doing their thing then this kind of works into that theme that you can actually work on your crew skills even when you're not logged into the game is this something that you would be seriously interested in vince it, the reason why the the this particular android one appealed to me is that it's optimized for working off of a mobile network you know and so when i'm at work on I can't access Wi-Fi, and even sometimes my uh, LTE coverage is a little spotty. Since it functions through screenshots instead of real-time, and, and it's basically built to really only recognize mouse clicks, it's it's optimized for crew skills and not some of the other stuff you were trying to do. Uh, this is definitely interesting to me. Or, again, like I said, just the fact that people are interested enough in it that hopefully Bioware will recognize that. Yeah. Yeah, Tristan doesn't have a tablet, but I'm sure that if this was in there, he'd use mine for it a lot. <laughs> Probably being able to get money and upgrade your classes without having to run around the house to do it would be nice. Well, the thing that I think about as well is if it was done so that it could be on iOS devices, so both your iPad and the um, your iPhone or iPad or iPod Touch kind of thing, it's the screen is set up in such a way that you can quite easily swipe between characters, companions and characters and send them on missions and whatnot. I can so easily see it from a freaking iPhone. You don't need anything fancy to be able to do it. And you just be able to keep your your guys running, doing stuff. I I absolutely love the idea. And a lot of people on the forums are really cheering for this. They are hoping to hell that Bioware is listening and is going to implement something like this. Do it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay, let's move on to the big thing. Hello, you've reached the quest line. How may I direct your call? Okay, for the quest line, and this is the main reason Vince is here, actually, because dude loves this quest line, and I don't blame him. <laughs> <laughs> we both read the Revan novels, or Revan novel, and I have I, I I've thanked you over and over again. I I'm so glad that you recommended it because I loved it so much and it's made me appreciate the game so much more but it was you who found the Revan quest line first when you were playing in beta and I'm going to let you talk about it for a little bit and then Vin, or, uh, Tristan and I will give our thoughts too because we've both played it together and apart and I, I still think it's actually one of my favorite quest lines as well probably not my the absolute favorite but it's in the top five for sure yeah, so uh, fairly early on in the game for an uh, Empire character, uh, around level 12 or 14 or whatever, on Drummond Cass, you meet an apprentice to a Sith Lord who asks you to infiltrate this cult for the purposes of finding out who their leader actually is because this cult represents a threat to the power structure of the Empire. And the reason for that is this cult worships Revan. You know, the great hero from uh, the first Knights of the Old Republic game, or great villain, depending on how you wanted to play it, and the obviously the, the main character in the Revan novel, and is a huge, huge figure in the Old Republic lore. So you go on this task, and it was very interesting, at least 
early on uh, when I did it first in the beta on my bounty hunter because I was, you know, just going through the motions, knowing full well that at the end I was just going to, you know, fulfill the contract, sell them out, whatever. But it was so much more personal on my Inquisitor because, first of all, you know, I can actually use the Force, so Revan's teachings are a little more important to that character. And it starts off, you're sent on a series of tasks, uh, much like in uh, Empire Strikes Back. When Luke was training with Yoda, you had to go through a little cave of trials and, you know, you receive a vision and it's pretty interesting. And then the one that really, really sold me on the quest, especially the second time through, is when you have to go into Lord Grathen's estate mm-hmm. where he actually has Revan's mask. What the hell would he be doing with that mask? That's what I want to know. Eh, Revan's mask and he's got it? Oh, come on. And you actually get to wear it, too. Yes. That's yeah. cool. So, yeah, again, when my bounty hunter picked it up, it was like, oh, you know, it's a piece of metal, whoop de doo But when my Inquisitor picked it up, and I really liken it to when you're playing a Jedi class and you get that lightsaber crafting quest, how the music and the scenery and everything just works together to make a fantastic scene. This is it for the Sith. When you hold that mask up and the music is playing, it's kind of chilling. So... I really that's when I fell in love with this quest even more so than when I was doing it on my bounty hunter and you continue through, you know, you, you join the cult and then you have to make the decision of do you sell them out or do you lie and actually take down the Sith Lord that's trying to go after the Revanites. This was difficult for me on the bounty hunter because I was playing my bounty hunter as the guy who fulfills the contract. You want heads in a sack? You got heads in a sack. You want me to betray the Revanites? You got it. But I got there, and this was when I still had, you know, the little light side, dark side prompts. And I sat there with my mouse hovering over this thing for several minutes because I wanted to play my character, you know, the way I was playing him. I didn't want to sell out the Revanites. I really didn't want to. To this point, that's still the only hard decision I've had playing through the game. And I appreciate that. But then, of course, uh, on my Inquisitor, I stayed with the Revanites. Because, Did you? Yes. E- even though it was the light side choice, it's a potential path for more power for my character. And that's how I really want to portray uh, my Inquisitor in the game. Okay, well then you're going to tell me how it ends because I've taken three characters through there and as <laughs> you've made apparent, none of my guys are good. <laughs> so <laughs> All of them chose to sell them out. and But under duress because I want to see what happens if you don't. Yeah, there aren't many games that actually make you think that long for just a simple question. And because, yeah, for both of yours, you chose the dark side as well. Did you not, Justin? Yep. Yeah. So what actually happens if you chose... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> the apple didn't fall far from the tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happens then if you choose the um, the light side? So if you choose the light side option, um, the leader of the Revanites gives you this little medallion that actually belongs to the Sith Lord that's, uh, that's going after them. So you turn this in to his apprentice, pretending like you don't know what's going on. Like, oh, uh, I found this in the leader's quarters, and he recognizes that it belongs to his master. So you send the apprentice to go kill his own master because he feels he thinks his master is now a traitor to the Empire. Unfortunately, as part of this deal to preserve the secrecy, the leader of the Revanites tells you you can't come back to the camp. They, you know, you kind of have to separate yourself from them. And thus far, at least as far as the Revanites themselves are concerned, I haven't seen anything further about that yet. 
See, that's something that uh, I'm going to be talking to those dudes. Actually, we're we're also going to be interviewing someone else from the BioWare crew. We're going to be interviewing uh, Daniel Erickson for on for the lore, and that's going to be coming up shortly. So I'm going to be making sure to let folks know about that. That's something that I want to talk to them about to see whether or not there's a there are a lot of instances where there are quest lines like that that depending on what you chose more comes of it later on because we honestly don't know that's something that we were talking about just last week for the the trooper quest line that if you let those cyber cyborgs live do they come back later do you is there the more that comes out and for the the revan stuff i really really hope that the choice that you made does actually have an impact on um future quest lines Mm-hmm. I, I certainly hope it does because, I, like I said, that's not an easy choice to make for me. <laughs> yeah, no, really. All right, Tristan, was there anything else that you really loved about that quest that you wanted to talk about? Not really. It's cool for the things, though. As you go to finish the challenges, you talk to someone, and mm-hmm. if you make the right choice, they just let you go to the next person. If you make the wrong choice, however, you have to fight people, but it really is cool, like... Seeing if you know the right choice to the answer. The thing with that that I found, and and I think that's probably one of the reasons why it's not in the top, say, three of my favorite quest lines, is that I feel that it faltered there. I actually think that though it started really strong, and when you're sent for the mask and you're dealing with the crazy chick and the other one, <laughs> it's awesome. When you are, um, there's a whole bunch of different points where it really is breathtaking. And when you get that mask in your hand, it is, it, again, it's like you were saying, don't use the words often. It was epic. When, when you get that mask in your hands the music's going especially if you're you're doing this on a decently sized screen you are wrapped up in this story it's insane how epic it is but then when you're just sent off to go talk to the other guys i thought that was really that was called in that was really really not nearly as well done in terms of questing the the one guy if you get the answer wrong well then you're just Go kill some animals. The chick, well, her was go prove yourself by killing those guys. And then the last guy, he's just a happy-go-lucky dude. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> You're good. All right, bring me back a beer. And that was it, you know? I really thought that that part of the quest line was really, really lacking. But then when you get back to the end and then you get the the false hollow message and then you're talking mm-hmm. to the woman and then it builds right back up and it's like, oh, you know, if it would have held the momentum that it had from the mask through to the moment where you actually meet her, I think that it would have been far more epic than what it turned out to be. I like the idea of having to go, you know, prove that you've learned Revan's teachings. I just didn't like having to trek all over that freaking jungle again. Yeah. The implementation was crap. They could have done far better with it, I think, and it would have wound up being an insanely powerful quest line. As it was, it was still great, but I think it could have been far, far better. The The thing that's funny is that having now run, you know, three characters through drum and cast and having run several characters through um coruscant it is amazing the difference in terms of how epic your second planet is on the imperial side versus the republic side the republic side though there are some very good quests on coruscant doesn't even compare to the scope of what you find on drum and cast and especially because of this revenant quest the closest parallel is probably the black bisector. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that's just 
just fun is what that is. <laughs> that is just fantastic fun. I love that stuff. Okay, with that, we're actually going to wrap up the episode. Thanks, Vince, um, for coming out. Um, um, you got more? Remember the Narshada one we talked about? Oh, okay. See, you got to remind me as we're talking before I'm going to well, end. I, sorry. Because you know what my memory is. <laughs> There's more about Revan that does come later on. Tristan, we're actually going to have to backtrack to Narshada to go and check this out because we missed some Revan references on Narshada. Vince, go ahead. Okay, so as you're questing on Narshada, apparently it's kind of easy to miss. Uh, you do various quests for Imperial Intelligence, uh, taking down rebel leaders, uh, this guy called the Flame who... I've said many yeah. times is <laughs> atrocitous. Yeah. <laughs> All he's missing is the kitty, you know, petting it. <laughs> but if you continue uh, following these quest lines, eventually you reach a point where they have found a storehouse that used to belong to Revan that they can't get into because it's shielded. The droids have gone insane. They can't figure out what's inside of it. So you go on this quest line, you disable the defenses, you kill all the droids. And as part of going through and, you know, wrecking everything, the bonus quest is actually to read Revan's data logs to find out exactly what this relic is. Uh, the relic is called the Infinite Engine, and it's this ancient artifact. Even Revan didn't know what it was. But as you find out, a small fragment of the Infinite Engine, Revan was able to take that fragment, and it kept replicating itself to the point that that was the source of, I forget the name, but the Star Forge in Knights of the Old Republic, you know, the great threat that could create that fleet out of nothing. That started as a fragment of the Infinite Engine. And the Infinite Engine just is able to produce infinite amounts of mass and energy, you know, defying the laws of physics. And it's been protected in this little area that Revan has set up for himself. Once you finish reading Revan's notes, you start finding other notes from the caretakers. Uh, Revan left this weird species of aliens with upside-down faces to guard this, and the Infinite Engine has sustained this entire species for as long as they have existed. It provides them with whatever they need. It provides them with food. It provides them with water, shelter, droids to defend themselves with. That's why the Empire wasn't able to get in there. And throughout all this, you keep hearing about how Revan foretold that one day somebody worthy would come to claim the engine. At this point, I, of course, assume that's me. <laughs> you would. <laughs> <laughs> so when I finally find the engine and the aliens that are, you know, performing their little ritual around it. I'm like, Gimme. that's not condescending <laughs> at all. Little ritual. <laughs> like, Gimme, it's mine. Grab your hands. Give, give me the give me the engine. They're like, well, you know, no, you can't have it because if we give it to you, our species will die. You know, they their entire civilization is dependent upon the engine. But we can give you a fragment of it that you can take. This was what I was talking about earlier, how there is only one decision I made in the game that I've truly regretted because I assumed that the engine was supposed to belong to me. No. So once I decide, made the decision to take the entire engine instead of the fragment, I then had to kill all the aliens, which, okay, no big deal. No big deal. <laughs> and you call me evil. No, I'm going <laughs> to obliterate this race. No big deal. It's all right. <laughs> Anybody it's feel for a small parfait? amount of genocide. Don't <laughs> yeah, worry really. about it. But it, it, I was okay with that because I now had the engine. I had the source of Revan's power. You know, I felt closer to him. 
but then as part of the quest line, I had to give it back to the Empire. I didn't have any option to keep it for myself. <laughs> well, you so don't know. I went through all this. I violated Revan's inner sanctum, you know, defied his orders, and only to help out the Empire. <laughs> Not, not, not get any closer to him. Yeah, but you must assume that if you are allowed to only take the one bit, that you'll also have to turn that in anyway. Right, but at least then I would have not know, obliterated been, a race. Yeah, been <laughs> been following what Revan would have wanted instead of what I would have wanted. Uh, that that's that that's the only decision thus far I've regretted. That I played that one a little too greedy for uh, my own good and wasn't able to uh, quite accomplish it the way I had hoped. All right. Well, we're definitely going to have to check that out, kiddo, because that sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds really cool. We and did trust ha- me, when you see the upside down faces, you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we actually had fun on Narshada. There were some very interesting quests. And then the especially the quest line for the Imperial agent there was just all manner of awesome. Just absolutely fantastic. I loved it. We did skip a lot of the quests yeah. there for uh, our other characters so that we wouldn't be going through doing the exact same thing every planet. Yeah. But. Well, the thing, too, is that we had so far out-leveled it, it was it just wasn't worth going through all the quests that are, are gray, you know, or green that you get next to nothing for. So, okay, are we done now? Can uh, I, can I, I do the done. edit? Wait. Are we sure? Uh, I'll interrupt you later. Okay. All right. So with that, Vince, thanks for coming out. I do appreciate it great uh, to be on i hope to join uh, join you guys again soon yeah yeah well as we have more news or if you come across any other quest lines that you absolutely love and must talk about we we can only talk about it so long on for the lord before people stop tuning in <laughs> 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 okay so we will be back next week and uh of course if you need to reach us you can reach us at the droidcast at gmail.com or on twitter at the droidcast so with that we will talk to you guys next week Like I said, kiddo, don't be intimidated by him. He's a jerk. Just talk whenever you want to. Good to know. (laughs) Did he give you a list of jokes to make about me? It's a very long list. (laughs) I wrote it out on toilet paper and then rolled it back up. (laughs) It was a full roll. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I actually still haven't eaten yet, but after that I will. Well, you had your old man nap all afternoon, that's why. Exactly. (laughs) Welcome to my world.